0: I realize that if we choose to be here and be now, meet ourselves where we are, meet others where we are, to respect one another, to respect nature, by plugging into this grid and being of one, that our existence will be so pure and clear and peaceful.
1: Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost Thirty podcast. Here we go.
0: Hello, hello.
1: This is my back from Coachella voice. (laughs) I got on the phone today, and Kayla's like, "Who is this?" She thought it was you. Yeah, literally thought it was me. She thought it was you because I have tons of dust. I have tons of dust in my throat and my face. It's dusty in the desert.
0: Truly. A so too
1: old for Coachella, guys. That's pretty much the facts.
0: Chris was at Coachella this weekend and we have not caught up. We like to catch up live. Mm. So you guys are Tell hearing me. this fresh.
1: <laughs> um, So it was really good because it was the first year I went from LA. Usually I would go from New York or I, the times I've been, I went from New York. And so you don't have to fly and get a rental car and all that shit. So right. it's easy for us to just drive in and out. And we got a beautiful house. We got like a chef. We got like a bus. Like we just did it like real big. We're like, all right, we're gonna do it super old. Justin got VIP tickets, too, which was cool. We saw Kendall Jenner, chilling. Come on, which I don't know why. Just chilling. Yeah, literally chilling in the VIP. I don't know why she she goes. I'm like, dude, I would literally have a helicopter hover over. I don't know though, cause she doesn't. Maybe that's true.
0: Definitely paid.
1: to go. Also, I just found this out that I didn't know that the CEO of Coachella has donated money to. Yep. I had no idea. Maddie called me. I just found this out. Just it's found wild. this out, and it's wild that people kind of finish your sentence. Sorry. So that he donated, he's donated money to um, anti-LGBTQ organizations and I think pro-gun organizations. Mm-hmm. It was like a, in the to the tune of one hundred and thirty-four thousand dollars the CEO of Coachella had, has done that. And the way that I found out was because at the end of Arena Grande, she put on a flag and was like walking around with a flag. And I don't know if she said fuck you to the CEO, but it was kind of like a nod to saying fuck you cool. about that, which was rad. Yo, that girl put on a fucking show. I didn't see it all. I was like... 90 minutes. Kept, she went for 90 minutes. I literally... I was. Like, she did not miss a note from what people said. I was like annoying because I was like... <laughs> That's a true artist. Mm. Her voice, she was probably... Uh, is insane. She brought out um, Nicki Minaj, who's Nicki Minaj's... Their their mics didn't... Dude, Coachella's actually fucking JV because I can't even tell you how many mic issues, how many delayed issues they had. Wow. Billie Eilish came on 40 minutes late. Vince... She brought out Vince Staples. He was That makes close- me sad.
0: Was it her or someone else? Because I, I love her.
1: I think it was her. But also, uh. I think she's like... A Satanist, okay. to be honest. Okay. I call her young Satanist. Because <laughs> there's something weird about it. She has like very dark imagery. I know. Like, this album's dark. It's her very... There's dark. a lot of darkness with her. And the way that how quickly she got up to the top is kind of weird. Mm. So I just call her young Satanist. <laughs> but I think she's a true talent. <laughs> yeah. And um, she... Oh, she brought up Ben Staples. Amazing. Couldn't hear a word. No one knew who he was on because the mic wasn't on. Fuck. When Nicki Minaj came on, Ariana Grande, her mic didn't work. Either did Ariana's. So Ariana said twice. She's like, I can't hear. I can't hear. Because they couldn't hear it playing back in their ears. So they didn't know who was saying what. Mm. So it was a total flop. No one knew what was going on between them. And then also, she brought out um, Mace and P. Diddy uh, and killed it. But Mace... I don't know if his mic wasn't working either or he completely didn't know what was going on, but I think he didn't know what was going on. So he started to go like, because he he, like couldn't keep up
0: because
1: Mace hasn't been doing shit in a long time. So Mace was like a flop. Ariana looked like she was freaking the fuck out because he was messing up so bad. She didn't know where to say like, I'm coming out. You know, Mm -hmm. she didn't know where to like come in with her part. Right. So she was like kind of freaking out there, which was crazy. Don't blame her. And then uh, Juice World was like thirty minutes late to start. Uh, Khalid's screens in the back weren't working. Like his his video screens weren't working. Do they and, rehearse this? Yo, hundred. <laughs> and then there was another. There was a few more.
0: Oh, Kid poor Cud- artists though. Like I feel bad for the artists because they probably like they Kid, just. Kid Cudi you know. his
1: his microphone wasn't loud enough. Like wow. a lot of people, they had sound issues where things weren't loud enough, or they were too loud, or. Uh, so that was kind of. Uh, and, This is what happens when you're when you're 31 and you go. Mm -hmm. You're thinking about technicality,
0: totally, like the whole time (laughs) because you're completely sober and you're like, and
1: I'm like, "Um," I'm like, it's not loud enough on the right speaker, and that screen hasn't started playing graphics. I'm like, those lasers are cool, but meanwhile, people are seeing like (laughs) people are seeing like mushroom, like crazy things, and um. Then also too, like as a 31-year-old, it's like, I'm doing math a lot. I'm like looking around. I'm like, all right, so sanitation, that's probably costing them 150000 and then security is like one fifty, and they probably paid Ariana $1 million, and they probably make, you know, $2 million from ticket sales. You know, it's like you're doing all that yeah. shit. Like you would never give a shit about when you're younger. <laughs> no. You're like, yeah, yeah, like whoa. And you're just like kind of being like mathematical about everything. Yes. You're like, how many people are in here? And you think about other stuff. Do you think about like, like, dark shit. You're like, okay, so if there was a fire, how would we exit? Honestly, uh, You know, I, I mean? was thinking that the whole weekend. Yeah. And you're like, okay, if someone, <laughs> and you're thinking you're like, has someone died here? Also, there was also very cryptic things. It was very like, I, you know, and my pr- perspective and point of view is so different now just being my age. is like uh, Donald Glover, who's amazing, a true, true artist. Um, his set was really cool because he started it out and was like, at the beginning said, you know, put your phones down. Like, I don't want people to be on their phones. I want people to be present. If you guys want me to play the hits, I'm not going to play them. And just kind of wanted to make it a full experience. So it was like a bunch of songs that he was really passionate about and all the things. But but at one part, he goes, he goes, you know, there's a hundred thousand people here tonight and there's a good chance that one of you won't make it to next week. Oh, (laughs) And you're like, huh? (laughs) Literally. And everyone's like rolling and wasting time. I was like, ah, it's got to be me. Yeah. It's going to be me. Or you're just like, okay, it's, you know, might be a true statement, but also you're like, um, okay. And then there was another really weird part too, (laughs) uh, that this part was like, I was very weird. Dylan Francis, mm-hmm. who I don't love his music, mm-hmm. but he's like he's like Skrillex, where they put on a bombass show. Yes. Like Skrillex usually incorporates a lot of ha- trip, trap and hip hop. Dylan Francis does more like party shit, kind of like Major Lazer style, right? You know, things. And there was one part, and he's like, it was it was a really good show. And he's like, all right, you guys ready to go deeper? And everyone's like, yeah. He's funny too. He's funny, and then on <laughs> but on the screen, and then it goes. I own your soul. And it literally, he goes, it literally kept saying, I own your soul. Oh, Jesus. Over and over and over again on the screen. And then it was like, now your soul is mine. Uh, huh? (laughs) Literally, it's like butt shaking on the screen. Then it's like, I own your soul. And we're like, oh my God. And that's another thing too where I'm so like, I'm not so conscious now, but like my awareness now, 100%. (laughs) And I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, this is the thing get them to agree. And they're saying, yes, whatever you say. And then they say that shit. Mm. It's kind of fucking weird to be Mm. honest. What do you mean? I own your soul. Like, well, it's like, are you guys? Do you guys want to go deeper?
0: Uh, Everyone's like, yeah.
1: (laughs) And then everyone, and then he's like, I own your soul. And you're like, um, okay. So Mm. energetically, this is what energetically I'm sitting there and I'm literally telling myself, I'm like, my free will says no. I was like, told Justin, I told my friends, like, say no. Like, this is so dumb and crazy. But I'm just like, no. I wonder what it feels like on drugs to hear that. A hundred. Well, maybe you don't know. That's the thing is like, you're so out of it that you might not know that they're saying that. But I mean, uh, years ago when I would have went, I would have definitely thought it was weird, but I wouldn't have thought it was weird as weird as I do now. Right. And, you know, just little things like that. But anyways, yo, people were not playing around fashion-wise. People were not playing around. My outfits were probably a four out of 10 on on the cuteness scale. Like two is like, uh, I've read a magazine and like three is like, I've looked at an Instagram of a fashion blogger and four is like the best we can get. People
0: were showing out. It was crazy. I was sitting in the same outfit all weekend being like, oh my God. Like you'd get notifications of people being like, look, number three is up on my Instagram. Double tap, leave a peach emoji. You're look like, number three.
1: oh People, my God. Like, People had multiple looks. Yeah, multiple looks. It was so crazy. Like the look this year was... Butts out. Buttholes out.
0: I know. I, I saw, saw so many assless pants.
1: You guys, I saw so many booties and I saw so much boobs. It was really distracting to me. I was like, oh my God. Um, what's... Wow. I've literally looked at so much tits and ass today. Wow. Respect, body love, do your mm-hmm. thing. Looked amazing but it was kind of a mind fuck in a way to be around so many i you i i can't eat i can't even describe to you i live in la one of the most beautiful places in the world and this was on another level that i cannot even explain to anyone there would be tens would walk by people wouldn't even look twice because it was like you'd see so many tens people just were literally it was like they'd been trying for years they they put on like veneers for fucking coachella like Whoa. and it was like so, at a point, you're just kind of like, oh, this is like, you know, you're not comparing, I'm not comparing, but you're just kind of like, wow, this is what's going on in the world. And it does make you feel some type mm-hmm. of way,
0: you know? Absolutely. Whoa. I, I would feel like it, it's almost like I can just picture, I would have like binoculars being like, walk over that. It, it would yeah. be about the people. It hundreds. wouldn't even be about the music, which is like kind of why I've never like, not that I don't want to go to Coachella. I'm kind of down when I, whatever, but I just have never sought it out because I'm like, but it's not really about the music and, and I would want to go That's why you have to get fucked up. Yeah,
1: you know, yeah. I didn't, I yeah. wasn't drinking, you know, but that's why people get fucked up because then you're able to sort of be in your own world and sort of sure. relax and sort of not think about or look around or pay attention to things that are going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's, and that's the thing about it is it wasn't, you know, me and Justin were laughing because it's like our schedule. We're like, okay, so we're going to go to Murder Beats and then Pusha T and then Blood Orange and then Churches. And then we have this schedule. And then, you know, the whole day, we're literally in the do lab for like three hours. And I'm like, this is so <laughs> Is dumb. the do
0: lab the colorful thing? Yeah. It's like, no, that's, that's oh. just an
1: art installation. The oh. do lab is where they play just like DJs play like trap music. Oh, okay. You just okay, get okay. like lost in like the mix of like yeah. going to these shows. And... We didn't really get to see a lot of the shows that we wanted because we went so late because nowadays it's like... It's hot during the day. How? It's hot during the day. And once you're there, you're there. You can't go back. So if you leave at three, you're going to be out until like one. It's just like a long day. Mm -mm. So it's like, you just go at the end of the day. and. But I mean, it was good and it was fun, but you're just... And like now I'm older too and I'm watching people. I'm like, oh, I hope like they're okay. And I hope that they're in a loving relationship. And <laughs> You know, I see people like fighting yes. and people
0: crying. And, and also don't know how old everyone is. Oh,
1: man. There were some you know? baby chickens. Especially at Ariana Grande. I mean, I saw lo- tiny little baby chickens. Bye-bye. That were just loving life, which was adorable and amazing to watch. But there was tons of tiny children. And there was tons of tiny children like doing a lot of drugs. That's what was crazy too Is like, I would say, give or take, uh, 3% that a hundred percent of the people there were fucked up. Yeah, it's it's just like a thing now, and it's just... are there ambulances
0: everywhere? Like, are, no. are there...
1: I mean, there probably is waiting, but you yeah. know, they're not like in public right. so, to freak people out. Yeah, true. But there's just like a lot of, you know, that happening, which no, no, that no would judgment, be
0: most but... of where my brain would be would be worrying about them. A
1: hundred percent. I mean, just and I were like such grandparents. It's like one p- time we were lost and we were like at the info center. We were like, um, we literally me. had our map out. We're like, um, can you point me to the direction of the Sahara tent? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, <laughs> it's right over there. I'm like,
0: okay, cool. So you're not going to go again? No. Yeah. But you know I'm what? glad you went though.
1: Yeah, it's so fun. But now it is, it it was, I just, I don't know if I, I'm, oh, di- well, I know I'm different, but also it's, I definitely think it is different too. So mm-hmm. the years that I've gone previously, they probably had, this year they had 130,000. In the past, Mm. when I went, they probably had 80,000, 80 to 90,000. And that's a big difference of people. So it was bigger. There was tons of room. And it's just, you just feel like it's not really that special when there's that many people. Like music festivals that I've been to, mad decent block parties are always so fun. Diplo put them on and there'd be... 3,000. Right. And like Pitchfork in Chicago is one of my favorite music festivals. There's probably, I don't know how many thousand, but it feels intimate. It feels like you're experiencing something special. There's not a lot of people. You can walk around. You can be free. You can relax and it's fun. But Coachella is such a show and there's so much of like the influencer space that's doing there now. So it's like gifting parties and like sweets and you know, uh, that world that gets intermixed in it. So it's hard mm-hmm. to really see where there are people are that really, really love music. Yes.
0: And did Justin have a good time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
1: he was so... Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's he where was, you guys met. Yeah. or That's where he fell, where he fell in, in love, love.
1: Where he asked me to be his girlfriend. That is so cute. It was so cute. Oh, I remember it. Yep. And we were like... Yeah, it was really cute. and It was really fun. And we just have the best time. So it was really fun to like laugh a lot and totally play around and, and be in your own little world. Yeah. A hundred, which is actually a bad thing sometimes. Cause I, even now we've been dating so long, but we're, it's kind of bad. We are really in our own world and it's kind of rude. Yeah. What was the dynamic so like? My, with the well, not to, it's not kind of rude, but sometimes I just have to remind myself that I have other people that I'm with and I need to pay attention to them, but we just get sucked in it. You know, mm-hmm. like, Oh, we're having so much fun. And you know, if you're with a group of people, you're going to gravitate towards the person that it's easiest with. Yeah. Not that it's not completely easy with my friends, but it's like... Totally. It's just your go-to, so... It's your lover. It's my lover. <laughs> um, but yeah, he had fun. I mean, we didn't see a lot of the shows that he wanted, but it was... It was cool. And I'm feeling a little a little sick and under the weather, but... Yeah.
0: I, I mean, how could you not? I mean, yeah. It's not that... Because you didn't do... Did you do anything? Yeah. You did a little? Yeah. Okay, that's fun.
1: Yeah. I did some mushrooms. Actually. Fun. Yeah. Was that a good one? It was actually one? very chill. It was really nothing. Just felt really good. Felt really loose. Felt cool. really laughy. And That's to fun. be honest, it really made such a difference. It yeah. didn't fuck me up. I was like nothing. I feel completely fine today. But it just helped. as like a social lubricant. Yes. Like I get it. You know, it was just... It, enha- it enhanced your experience.
0: Totally. I have some in my fridge. I was thinking about doing it by myself. I mean- you honestly could. I probably could. It's really Um, easy. But I do want to do it because I was going to do it before um, Costa Rica just to open up my portal. It was
1: so not a big deal. It's
0: actually crazy. I feel like after ayahuasca, we're good. I know. 100%. (laughs) We went to 100. Not not endorsing
1: anything, but I was texting one of our good friends who you guys probably know, but I won't say their name about the mushrooms before and they were kind of just like telling me about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was good. I mean glad cool. to be back. I had a blast with my friends. They're all happy and you know Good. some of them have kids and some of them are fun. getting engaged and it was just like really fun to like be with them and they're like my I love being like at festivals with them. We've done a lot of them together and they just know how to do it. you know, just be go with the flow be relaxed. Mm-hmm. If you lose someone, it doesn't matter. Right. you know it's just kind of like there's like a type of person and energy that can do it. And then there's not, and they're just like so seasoned at it. So it's really good to like be with them. Good. Palm Springs also is the shit.
0: I love it. It's desert. the best.
1: I'm dying to go out. It's stunning right now. Like all the flowers are in bloom. The flowers are insane. They look so beautiful. Mm. I was like, this is the. It's
0: on the way out, or like when you're in out, all out Palm there? Springs. Wow. It's just like because it's
1: been raining. Yeah. All those mountains and like, it's like the Malibu hills right now. It's
0: it's so green. Beautiful. It's so
1: beautiful. I'm so grateful for mm-hmm. all the rain. Yeah, me too. So beautiful. I'm trying to think. Katy Perry came out oh, with right. Zed. Zed played. Dude, I love a little Zed. I do too. I think he's weird, but he's I love amazing. His music. In concert, yeah, <laughs> yeah, music. he's amazing in concert. <laughs> and then I'm trying to think of who else we saw. Blood Orange is really good. They're really like groovy. Yeah. Donald Glover was good. Tame Impala was amazing. Mm. Yeah, it was just
0: it was good. Good. Yeah. So glad. Mm. How was your weekend? It was great, actually. I had my own musical experiences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Um, no, and I actually, I really want you to come. Mm. And I invited Almost 30 Nation LA. No one could come to this one, but we're going to make it happen. I'm going to go, I don't know if this episode, yeah, this will be out probably after, but at Dance Line LA in Culver City, they have this West African oh. fundamentals dance class. Is that what Sahara does? Yeah. She's and Aaron Alexander. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. So Sahara wasn't there, but I went with Aaron, And... It was the most fun I've had in a very long time. Oh. Like it was so liberating. It's educational. It's beautiful. The the guy that teaches it, Dante. He is I am King Tay on Instagram. I'll find it. But it was so inclusive. Like anyone can show up. All levels. All races. Like yeah. it was just so beautiful. And I just thought, like, oh, we're just gonna put on some like a CD or something or like an iPod, iPad, whatever. In walk four drummers with their drums, a woman, two guy, three guys, and then the guy's um two-year-old son. So the son's a part of the whole celebration. And it's like Sunday service in there. So it was it was probably like an hour and a half because he went over time. But um it, you you're barefoot. The drums are playing from the beginning, so the warm up is to the drums, and you you have no choice but to let go. You have no choice. And I grew up dancing, but like ballet, tap, jazz, and you had to be like pulled in, tucked in, squeeze this, thut-thu. like you're too short, you're too tall, you're too whatever. And I mean, whew, the women and men that do this every week and are like just so seasoned and in their bodies, and you just felt it, and it was cont- contagious. Like you couldn't not do it. So it was just like I, I can't even describe it. That's why I want everyone to come with me and do it.
1: I'm so. But down. I was like
0: vibrating very, very, very high. Oof. It was like, and it was emotional. It was very emotional. Oof. Just like watching. One these these people don't get paid that much. The teacher probably doesn't get paid that much. The drummers don't get paid. that They take donations, which is great. So if you do come, bring a few bucks, like to tip the drummers, twenty five bucks, honestly. And, but I just got emotional because. His biggest emphasis was just on like community and taking care of each other. He's like, if you see someone over there and they don't have it, you grab their hand and you pull them in. Like you take care of everyone. Like, and he was describing like what s- certain parts of the dance meant. So the beginning was very like it was for the elders. So the elders like kind of start the ceremony in 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 like theory. So the like, in, in this in, village, like and oh okay, okay, you know like yeah, like are know, we, like spirits? No, like it, there they weren't there in the room, but he was describing like, this is the type of dance, like the elders would come out first. And so it's slow and they're really milking it. Like they've earned it. And they're kind of like calling in the spirits. And and then all of a sudden, like the rhythm would change. And he was describing kind of how like, you know, it is the purging and the letting go. And they would do this on Sundays because they wanted to kind of be ready for the week. And we say that all the time. We're like, oh, we got to be ready for Monday. This was like The perfect thing to do, and yeah, I I don't know. I just it was way outside of my comfort zone. In that, I mean, I like to dance, but I I did have a moment where I was like, "I'm like the only white blonde girl in this room," and I felt a little like I shouldn't be here. Like I kind of, I don't, I don't know what I felt. I was just like,
1: "Uh, I always feel douche." What What
0: are people thinking about me being here? I don't know. It was just a moment. And then it was gone. Like the moment we started dancing, we were literally all one. And it was so fun. And then the little kid. Can one, he's a prodigy no alri- already. I was thinking of you. I was like, oh my God, Krista would be crying would watching for him. Lunch. And none of them were playing. We were kind of going over a piece of the dance. And then you hear this like little beat. And you're like, What's, where's this little beat coming from? And there was a little kid just playing. Kill and me. he's, and it's on beat. It was Tell like me. the craziest thing. But it was such a celebration. So sweaty, so vibrant. And I just highly re- recommend. So West African Dance Fundamentals with Dante, 10, 15 a.m. at Dance Line LA in Culver City. Every Sunday, I'm going to go at the end of April and try to be as consistent as possible. I just highly recommend. It was like, ther- it felt like therapy, that feeling after therapy where you're like, oh, I feel good. Yeah, It was like that. It was so. That is so beautiful. Fun. Sometimes you need to be taken out of your element like that. Yes. You know. Thanks to Aaron Alexander, who who hosts the Align podcast. He does that. He does that stuff all the time by yeah. himself. And he was going to invite Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey couldn't come. Oh, <laughs> Our main, main man. <laughs> to Jack. He Rose. texted me the night before. He's like, I'm trying to convince because he and Aubrey were like hanging out the night before. He's like, I'm trying to convince Aubrey to come. I was like, oh, cool. I was like, playing it cool. I was like, cool. Yeah. I was like, we're trying to because he he wanted to. He's like, do you want to interview Aubrey this weekend? I was like, ah, oh, man. Yeah. I was like, we're not together. But yeah, it was it was great. And then on Saturday, it was a lot of like, I was like with a lot of people, but then not like it was very balanced. And I wrote um I wrote a song with my friend Sam. No way. It was so fun. Did you get to sing it? Yeah, we sang it, what? but we hadn't finished a song ever. So like, she and I have worked together a little bit. She's a really talented musician, Samantha Aurelio, and she's just such a, a teacher. She teaches music to kids, but she's such a teacher to me in 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 the songwriting process because she'll she'll keep me on track mm. and help to structure the song. And and it's it was beautiful. I just like had so much fun, and we did it. We fucking did Sing. it. What's it about? I I I, I, I actually eventually want to like. I definitely want to share it with. Yeah, the community, And then I saw Wild Horses. I don't know if anyone knows about this in LA, but you should. Oh, it okay. inspired me for because I, I wanted to see some like women live in like kind of a... Because we're obviously on tour and we're doing our live shows. So Wild Horses is an improv uh, group, but they have a show, a podcast. It's a podcast, but it's... Basically, it's like an, a, a talk in the beginning, kind of like you and I do, but it's for women and they're drinking wine and they're... They're hanging out and it's very funny and then they invite on a guest which this week was Angela Timbor Timbor um, actress and uh and then they do the four women do an improv performance based on that conversation so they kind of pull various points of the funny conversation it's genius whoa and it's in l a it's in l a this time and I I kind of want us to do a show there. It's called um, the Dinah Typewriter Theater at the Hayworth. Cool. It's an incredible new theater. It's been open a month and a half and it was just perfect. Really? So yeah, but it was like really cool to kind of see them, see that I've seen them perform before. But like, man, it's so simple. Man, it's so simple and so entertaining. Like you don't need to try too hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just a good reminder and I got some inspiration just for like what we're doing like you really don't have to care about some things that we think we need to care about. And it was just so great. 100%. It was literally an hour and 15 minutes, sold out. Guys, girls, people were just there, like present, they were present, funny, done. (laughs) How nourishing. It was great. Nourishing weekend. Yeah, it was. And I had a date on Sunday night. No way. Yeah, it was great. Who? (laughs) Melvin. Yeah. The other one. Okay. Yeah. It was great. Oh, God. (laughs) Wow. If you're the other one. Well, I'm just saying... You're probably thinking I'm that one. Kidding. That one was actually at Coachella. Oh, really? I'm surprised you didn't see him. I was thinking the, I was thinking the other one, actually. Uh, I know you're talking about. I was thinking oh, the other one oh. instead, actually. yeah, yeah. Because it's a plan. What? Because <laughs> it was a planned date. Yeah, exactly. Well, but I do... We just t- talked to... We just had an interview earlier. And she said something about the being really present with someone and not thinking too far ahead. That is like my ultimate biggest lesson in dating. Lots of girls. Yeah, lots of girls. So I know a lot of you though. out there will will uh, relate. But it is a practice every single moment of a date for me. It's like, it's funny when I... Because I constantly just catch myself. I'm like, hey, bring it back here. Hey, you're here. <laughs> you're not 10 years from now. Yeah. Hey, just because he's he, not the father of your kids yet. Li- Honestly. Literally. I know. But we take little You're things.
1: Like, he only got himself silverware. So yeah. that means he's gonna be a selfish prick for mm-hmm. the rest of his life.
0: Mm-hmm. He's not gonna be satisfy me in bed. It's wild yeah. where my mind goes. But I it was it was great. And I like these little Sunday dates. It was so nice. I love I love that the Sunday date thing. So nice. It's like uh, dude, Sunday nights number one best night of the week. Because I am because I cut it off. I don't want to do a late night. Yep. So it's done by eight. Yep. But you start early. You start at like three. So you kind of like get a bite to eat. You take a walk. We watch the skaters. We watch the roller skaters. Really? So it was like a lot of people watching, which is so fun. It was just like, okay. Yeah, it was great. But because I had done all that other stuff for myself, I felt like, oh, okay, I could do this. Because if I was just yeah. like while and out, meaning like if I was giving a lot of energy to people throughout the weekend, I probably wouldn't have been as jazzed for that date. Yeah. But because I was kind of like... Feeling it. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. What's next? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to proclaim.
1: Yeah. Trying to be
0: present. Yeah. We'll talk off air. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep you guys posted. Yeah. The trying to be alone. as present as possible. Yeah. So, yeah. Very different weekends, but equally as nourishing and fun. That's amazing. I also saw last thing that there was a picture of the black hole taken. Did where you see that? So
1: there's like the no, first I missed photo that. A, there's the first photo <laughs> taken of a black hole. It was like a woman that actually was able to do it through like an algorithm or something. I was able to find a way to take a picture of a black
0: hole. But I'm just kind of confused. Uh, if, are there more than one? Yeah, there's a lot. So meaning like a black hole like in space. So where was she?
1: Um, just on Earth, we were able to take a picture. So like, uh, or it was like, not on Earth, but like through a satellite.
0: Oh, through. I was okay. able to like
1: find when to take picture because a lot of times Whoa. there's like such a strong gravitational pull through, in through them because it's like a portal. So Whoa. but it's weird because the photo it's like a black hole. Yeah, so I'm like, what did y'all think? <laughs> yeah, they're, <laughs> I just, they're like <laughs> breaking news: black holes are black. Honestly, <laughs> I was like, why did you guys try so hard for this one? Yeah, true. <laughs> not to be a big old bitch, but.
0: Like what's the what's the effort for this black hole photo? It just looks like a black hole. What is your newsfeed filter? Like only like space Whacky. aliens.
1: It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, what's gonna what's gonna freak you out? Yeah, it's it's honestly
0: space aliens. Quantum physics. Oh man, so fun. It's very interesting. Okay. Um, What this week? Yeah. Today's episode is actually uh, me. I'm uh, talking about our uh, ayahuasca experience. Beautiful. Yeah. We're excited to share. We both have episodes about our individual experiences out, coming out. And we're really grateful for the opportunity to um, have gone to Rhythmia. And I actually just got a message from a stranger, but she had just gotten back from Rhythmia. Really? And I just love... Actually did too on Facebook. Yeah. I love... I love hearing about people's experiences because one, they're all different. And I really think that is a part of, and I talked about this in the episode, like just a part of my healing is like, and Jen Pasteloff talks about this, like bearing witness to other people's healing and, and being a listening ear for their stories. Like that is part of my experience there. So while ours weren't like these like crazy leave your body, go to outer space experiences, it still was, I think, just as profound because because we're, I think, pretty in tune. Like we're able to kind of pick up on subtleties and have them land as like more weight than maybe, you know, people who experience something so gr- like going to space and yeah. like going on the moon needed that.
1: Yeah. They needed that intensity. You know? Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing this. Yeah. Then we have mine um, coming out Mm -hmm. as well. So I wasn't going to do a full episode, but once I started talking, I started yappy-yapping. So my full ayahuasca experience episode is coming soon. And this is just part of the episodes related to our experience at Rhythmia doing ayahuasca journeys in Costa Rica. Rhythmia is amazing. Mm -hmm. You can go to our website on the show notes to find more information about Rhythmia. It is definitely our suggested and recommended place. If you choose to do plant medicine, they are um, licensed. They have medical staff. They have everything you would need to integrate into a beautiful experience. So I'm excited to hear this. Proud of you. I
0: highly recommend. Thanks. Yes. All
1: and right. then we're on tour. Mm-hmm. So find us on tour, almost30podcast.com. Uh, you can look at our tour dates. We are going around the world and we would love to see you. We have beautiful sessions, Reiki healing sessions, meditations, workshops, All of these things with amazing people from the Almost 30 Nation community Mm -hmm. come connect with the baddest, coolest people in the world in person. And we also have great brands that we're partnering with throughout this tour. And tons of their products and their goodies will be included
0: um, at our events. Yeah almost30podcast.com. And then as you know, we founded Your Podcast Pro. So if you want to start a podcast or you know someone who wants to or has started one and want to take it to the next level, Your Podcast Pro is your hub for all things podcasting. Um, It is super digestible, really valuable, and um, we wish we had it when we started. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. We'll see you on the other side. We love you. Thank you in advance for subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes it means everything. Pause this right now. If you've been listening for a while, it takes two seconds to write a little review and it means the world to us. Um, all right. Enjoy this one. Enjoy. Okay, here we are. Uh, much anticipated. <laughs> it's taken me a bit to really understand what the hell happened in Costa Rica. <laughs> I'll start by saying that I've never done any psychedelics. I've never done any hard drugs. I was never the girl that anyone offered those to, which I'm kind of upset about. I don't really know what that says about me. But yeah, I've, I've only smoked weed. And so I was really, to be honest, uh, when we first found out that we had the opportunity to go to Costa Rica to go to Rhythmia and experience ayahuasca, I, I like my, my butthole got very (laughs) tight. I was trying to act cool because I know Krista's done, you know, a lot of drugs in her past, which I think is cool because you could talk to your kids one day about that. And tell them not to do it, or do it and be safe. But yeah, I, I was really, really scared. And I was also really nervous as to what people would think. Th- these feelings lasted only a couple weeks before I started to get so fucking excited about it. You know, i i was I was scared about what people were going to think of me. Judging me that I had really got off the deep end <laughs> and uh, done ayahuasca and went to these crazy places, and uh, I-, I am to a lot of people, whether it's in my family or friends who are not in LA, I I am that you know woo woo girl that lives in LA and like what is she doing? So yeah, I was I was pretty nervous, and so I didn't really tell my parents at first. Hey mom, if you're listening. I was nervous about that. I I assumed that they didn't know what it was. (laughs) So safe there. Uh, But they do know how to use Google. So I was actually really nervous that they were going to Google this and see all of the negative things that people write about ayahuasca on the internet and just assume that I was getting myself into a lot of trouble. You know, what I... What I've done uh, or what I did was do a lot of research. Krista and I were super committed to doing a lot of research before um, saying yes to this experience, and you know I'm I'm so glad we did because I think the research does quell any fears or anxiety around it, and uh, talking to a lot of people that we know, very spiritually rich. Uh, monetarily rich, you know, really accomplished dynamic people that we've met, we've interviewed, we are lucky enough to call friends, and they have done ayahuasca, some of them, and their experiences just piqued our interest to say the very least. Some have done it more than one time. Some have done it many times, a couple hundred times. And I just I just stood in awe of their experiences and wondered whether it it was going to hold the same depth and realizations for me too. So there was a point, and it felt like just a switch that I was just excited and not scared anymore. And I was, you know, finding energy, just throwing myself into something that I had never experienced, that no one would expect me to do. And although I wasn't doing it for other people, I. I, I I did feel a responsibility, you know, for all of you um, in this experience to take it seriously, to share my experience before and after and really give you, you know, the facts and and, and what I went through and saw people go through so that you, if this is something that is calling you, can use it as just a part of what you will use to decide if it's, you know, something that you should do. But ayahuasca itself has been used for thousands of years, everybody. Thousands of years. This is not just like a new age thing. And it is, you know, just such a beautiful ceremony. It's led by shamans. And I'll get into this in a moment and and get into specifics of my experience. Um, But it is, ayahuasca itself is the vine and it's a, a sacred vine and they brew it with other ingredients with DMT and you know traditionally it's used in ceremonies among the indigenous peoples of the Amazon basin but you know we we specifically we had brews from peru from colombia from di- different places in south america i felt so lucky to be receiving, you know, this sacred brew that has so much history. And, you know, I just feel like this has opened up a, a deep spiritual side of me that I knew existed, but just didn't know or understand how to tap into it. And so I did. <laughs> okay, should we get into it, everybody? I feel like I was rambling. <laughs> Here we go. So we 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 got to Rhythmia late, late in the night, and you know it. It while the accommodations are amazing and the um, the support from their their uh, team members is incredible. They pick you up at the airport. They take you to Rhythmia. They sign you in. It's super seamless. You get your physical. Um, they give you your schedule, which is just so organized and supportive. While all of that is incredible, including the food, it's all vegan and amazing and and made literally with like so much love. It's not a vacation, y'all. Like it has all the amenities of a vacation, and there are moments when you are super, super relaxed between ceremonies. But I do have to say about, you know, ayahuasca and experiencing this, uh, four nights in our case, it's a lot of work. (laughs) It is a lot of work and you're exhausted some some days you're energized some days you feel like you just want to be alone some days you want to talk about everything that happened to you the night before so I just really told myself that I was gonna ride the wave of this thing and uh, Kristen and I had pretty pretty different experiences which was really interesting to to see because you know I thought, I don't I don't know what I thought actually. I don't know if we th- I thought we were going to have the same one but it, it was really interesting to hear her experience uh, next to my experience and, and kind of go deeper every night after ceremony but um yeah so we 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 get there and the first day the first day we get we get the whole intro this formal intro from Jerry Powell himself who I'm gonna be honest, and I I told this to Jerry's face. Like I I wasn't sure what to think of him. You know, before I met him, I was like, okay, so this guy started arrhythmia. Like, all right, this is interesting. Used to be a multi 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 millionaire. Like had twenty six cars, six mansions. Like was a drug addict, an alcoholic, a cheater, a liar. Just like kind of the biggest asshole on the planet. And he told his story, and he's so engaging and charismatic and uh and and ayahuasca really saved his life and and you guys will listen or have listened to his episode, please check that out. It's really, really powerful his story and you know his his opening talk was was the talk, the energy, the confidence I needed to know that I was in the right place and you could it was palpable in the room like you could feel the people in the room i mean it was such a mix we were honestly the youngest ones there like one of the youngest ones there people were in their 50s 60s 70s i'm like i should have invited my parents i still want to invite my parents even though they would never go but hey girl can dream but yeah the the energy was was so dynamic you know some people were suffering from addiction and and depression some had just lost a loved one and were more mourning and, and some had lost them years ago and, and were trying to get their life back. Some were battling various diseases and illnesses, ailments. Our friend Jim uh, has been losing his eyesight since he was five. Jim, I love you, I hope you're listening. Um, one of the most powerful people I've ever met in my life. And so you could really feel the deep longing to heal from the room. And to witness Jerry's transformation, to really feel how much he has transformed from from this asshole, drug addict, sad, suicidal man to this just ball of light who, who loves his life and truly, truly on a deep, deep level loves to help people and to change people's lives by giving them this place, which is the only licensed place that you can do ayahuasca in the world. And to support people through this is his life's purpose. And the moon told him that. So check out that episode again. I'll plug that because I'm not going to explain it here. I won't do it justice. All right. So night one. Night one, I was... If I could have, I would have shit my pants, but I didn't because we had done gravity colonics earlier that day. (laughs) Let me just tell you about a a gravity colonic, everybody. A gravity colonic, uh, you put... You yourself put a little tube up your butt. You are sitting, no pants on, obviously, on this like kind of silicone basin. And there's this hole near your butthole, a larger hole where the poop is going to go and anything else that comes out of you. And the rule is she just said when you feel the pressure, push. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, but like I'm sure I'll be fine. And oh lord, do you feel the pressure? Do you feel the pressure? <laughs> and so you just push and it just slowly every, you know, 20 seconds or so, there is The next flush and the next flush and slowly but surely, you know you are cleaned out. It honestly is probably one of the best feelings in the world. The whole, uh, uh, the whole ritual of it or how you do it is like not the cleanest and cutest because afterwards you got to figure out how to take the tube out of your butt and then like clean yourself off and also dry yourself off without getting like poop on your on anything. So it's, it's interesting. And I was pretty proud of myself for doing that. So, um, for ceremony, we are dressed in all white and I really go, I go all white. They said to wear all white and bring all white. And I went all white. Uh, I was not playing around. I, I probably actually spent too much money buying, um, all white shit. I was going around town when white was not in season. But yeah, Kristen and I made our way to the Maloka, uh, which is in the center of Rhythmia, the resort. And it is this beautiful, 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 open open, I don't know what you would call it, kind of like this. It looks like a huge yoga room, but with vaulted ceilings, you know, like windows on on every wall. You kind of feel like you're outside. And that's where ceremony was. And, and before we went in, they were you know blessing the space and really setting the intention. All the shamans were, were in there. Smoke was everywhere. Feathers were flying. Like it was wild and getting me so nervous. So I was like, oh my God, what have I got myself into? Like what is about to happen? What is about to come up for me? What is my body about to do? What am I going to witness? Like it was just, it was really overwhelming. So they got us into a circle, and they asked us to grab an instrument. There was like you know a hundred instruments off to the side, and all seventy of us, which is how many were in our group, which is pretty wild um we we grabbed an instrument and sat in a circle and and basically, you know, we created like a drum circle, and so we started playing these instruments and um at one point, one of the shamans began to sing. And dance um, and bless the circle, and I, I just started crying. You know, like I forgot that how important ceremony is. You know, like we're going so fast. Like we're going so fast every day, and I'm speaking. You know, I'm speaking, knowing that a lot of you out there will relate. Like we are just going at such a hyper speed to get things done and to get ahead that, like, we forget how important ceremony is to our everyday. And so this moment where I was with 70 other people all from so many different walks of life, so many different ages, races, genders, like it was so beautiful to be there together, to be going through this together, something that I was really scared to do, that we were all, I would assume, really scared to do. And right then and there, I just felt surrender, you know, like within that community, within that moment, within... um the musicality of the moment, I just was like, okay, like I'm safe to just let go and to experience this, to meet myself where I am and just like experience it. So shortly after um, we go into the Maloka and we choose our beds, I mean, you walk in and there's literally 70 beds with 70 buckets, 70 blankets and pillows, like with little toilet papers on, uh, rolls of toilet paper on the beds. I'm like, what did I get myself into? It looks, uh, it, it looks, it's very comfortable. I have to say the beds are super comfortable. Blankets are cozy. Everything is clean and, and all of that. So, You know, don't let the bucket, I didn't let the bucket scare me away, but I was also scared. So you get on your bed and and soon you have people next to you. Krista and I did not sit next to each other. We are too connected for that. That would have been wild and crazy. And so yeah, we we started just talking, you know, I was talking to the people around me. And on the first night, I I was next to an older gentleman. His name was Dieter, Peter with a D, and he was from uh, Sweden, I believe. And he was just the sweetest man, the sweetest man I've ever met and just had, you know, this peace about him. So I was like, oh, what does he want to do ayahuasca for, you know? And his intention for that night, he told me, was to feel soft in his body. And I was like, oh my gosh, a 60-something-year-old man is telling me he wants to feel soft in his body Like, uh. so I sat with that because I just I realized in that moment like so many of these people you know who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s have lived a lifetime repressing their feelings, repressing their thoughts, dealing with trauma, you know and not processing that, manifesting uh, that in their bodies. And in the way that they live. And so I just, I I realized in that moment, like the, the, the gravity of this experience for those people. And I realized that not fully, but I did have a a hint that I was going to experience healing through their healing, through witnessing their healing, um, which I did. And I will explain so um he was just sweet and put me at ease. I loved having him as a little bedmate. So here we go. so so the 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 ceremony begins after after the shamans have sat us down, we are in a group we answer any questions that we might have any concerns, how the ceremony is gonna go, what type of brew we are about to to take and to experience um some rules um you know, no touching anybody no like just, no interacting really with anyone, and everyone followed the damn rules. When you're on the medicine, you follow the rules. It's crazy. So after that little uh, powwow, we sit and and they call us up for rapé, which is um, which is a uh, a powder tobacco, and um, they shoot it up your nose. They literally shoot it up your nose. It feels like um, it feels like. The first time I took a hit of a cigarette, and I got really lightheaded and uh, wanted to vomit. So there's that, and so I was completely overwhelmed. My sinuses were burning. I was like, "Oh hell no, hell no!" And I like, I wanted to faint. So I, sat, I I sat down on my bed, stood up, sit, sat up tall, um, and just meditated and got quiet. And then they performed the blessing on the brew. So a blessing on on Iowa the ayahuasca, the plant medicine. And it was just so beautiful. Man, these shamans, like I have to say, and we saw it every night, no matter what shaman shamans were leading the ceremony, like <sighs> the dedication, the love, the intention they have for every ceremony, this work is just so intense and it was overwhelming. It got us, got me emotional. Many of the nights, um, and they don't get paid a lot. You know, this isn't this isn't like a job you go into or a practice you go into to to make money. And um, I was just in complete awe. Um, So yeah, again, had never done any psychedelics. So they call us up for the first drink, and uh, again, I'm scared and they pour the ayahuasca, which is like this dark syrupy liquid into a shot glass. So I know a shot glass and I know I can shoot shit back. And um, and it doesn't taste good. It tastes like dirt. Um, it's a little bit thick for my liking, but I did it and I kept it down. So after you take the glass, uh, after they bless it, and, um, after you whisper your intention into the glass, I shot it back and I sat down in my bed, stood up, sat up tall so that, you know, the medicine stayed in my belly. And, Cause if I laid back, I was worried that I was going to want to get sick and, and, you know, then the medicine would not work. So I, I was like spitting a little bit into the bucket and, and then I calmed down and I just sat there for like 30, 35 minutes, you know, complete silence, really, really, really still. And then once everyone had gotten their drink, that was about, you know, that time. And I I, I laid back down and I just got really cozy and covered myself with a blanket and I fell asleep. And that's that. That was my arrhythmia <laughs> experience. No, I fell asleep for a little bit and um, I didn't know what, what, what to expect. I didn't know what to look for. Like I had never tripped before. So I'm like, I have no fucking clue what's supposed to be happening. So I opened my eyes. I woke up at one point and and I started to like, I was like looking at my hands. And if you watch the video on YouTube, like you can see what I was doing. It's, I kind of felt like Bob Fosse. And you know? I was like looking at my hands and like, making these like cool movements and i was realizing i'm like oh like my hands look so different it looked like i had like these like latex gloves on my hands like kind of a latex co- covering so you couldn't see any wrinkles or lines on my hands and they were just so smooth <laughs> and my first thought was like oh my god like i didn't realize like my hands were this young looking And then like I looked past my hands and I saw on the ceiling like this grid, like a neon grid. I was like, oh, this is crazy. Like Rhythmia really goes for it at night and makes this place feel and look like a club. Like I honestly didn't realize that this was part of the trip until the shaman started singing. So at some point um, in all the ceremonies, the shamans sing and it's the most beautiful, beautiful music you've ever heard in your life. It is so intensely beautiful it made me cry every time. And this music is, is speaking to the medicine in your body. Um, and you would hear it. You know, they would they would have a certain vocal inflection and notes. And all of a sudden, the room would erupt in laughter. Or the room would erupt in cries and screams or vomiting. You know, like it was so intense. They were orchestrating and really moving the energy. They knew what they were doing. So during one of the songs, you know, I, I did see this grid and I just had this like, what came up for me during all the ceremonies was this intense knowing, you know, I, I would have a vision, I would have a thought and I wouldn't doubt myself. And if any of you know me or you've heard kind of, you know, what I, what I'm working through personally, currently So much of it is self-doubt. So much of it is worthiness. And so in those moments, I was like, oh, this is truth. I know this. You know, like, I could talk to anyone about this and speak confidently and stand in my truth. Like, this is truth. And when I saw the neon grid on the ceiling, I realized that we are a part of a sacred grid. And everywhere I am this grid exists everywhere you are this grid exists and we have the choice to plug into it we have the choice to ground ourselves in the connection in the moment and i just i realize that if we choose to be here and be now meet ourselves where we are, meet others where we are to respect one another, to respect nature by plugging into this grid and being of one that our existence will be so pure and clear and peaceful. It will flow. And I think subconsciously, you know, I and maybe some of you feel this, like I just... I have somewhat of a resistance sometimes to plugging into the moment, plugging into the place where I am with the people I'm I'm with or with the emotions that I'm feeling, you know. But we all have the choice anywhere we are to plug into the sacred grid and to create a sacred space. So I thought about this, you know, as it relates to the podcast and being in the studio and creating a sacred space for us for our guests no matter when where or where we are, plugging into the grid, being here, standing in our truth, and and wanting to know more from a place of of love, of heart centeredness. So yeah, that that was like my first knowing. And I was like, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> you know, like it was so profound, like it was so profound to me that i was i was excited i was like wow this this was so subtle in what i saw yet the download or the the knowing was so strong and deep and clear to me so i kept on surrendering and and soon after that i'm going to go through just so you guys know i'm going to go through each night and kind of the main main takeaways for me i won't bore, bore you with every Goddamn moment, (laughs) but just some really profound takeaways for me, um, that I am called to share because I think we can all, you know, learn something here. You know, this ayahuasca experience was not fully a selfish one. You know, I said yes, also thinking about all of you, and that's not to like toot my own horn, it's like I was thinking of the community of almost 30 and I was like, okay, like. I really do want to immerse myself in this and experience this and be brave enough to do this for myself one and then for you know all of you to give you permission to explore things that might scare you or might interest you and pull you like it doesn't have to be ayahuasca but hey in this case it was plant medicine um so n- night one also brought me some really deep understandings of things that have happened to me, when I was a little bit younger. So, my mom had breast cancer when I was um, a junior in high school. And uh, so I wasn't that young, but um, I was still, you know, 16, 17. And I am the oldest of four kids. And during that time, um, you know, I really had to be strong for my siblings. I had to be strong for my mom, strong for my dad. And I honestly, don't remember crying during that time. I don't remember being, being emotional about the fact that my mom was diagnosed with cancer, that she was going through chemotherapy and radiation, had a mastectomy and, 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 and truly like we could have lost her, you know, like I, I, I never, I never cried for that. And, and, and so I had this flash of, of this memory of, My siblings and I, we were in our kitchen and we were shaving my mom's head. So it was like a head shaving party um, when she started to lose her hair from chemo. And, you know, it was a really joyful scene, right? Like if you picture a scene in a movie, it was like a really joyful scene. But I saw that scene and I just had this, like, this huge surge of emotion and I started to cry and I just kept. And this is in ceremony. And I just kept saying, I'm so sorry, mom. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, mom. I just felt her pain. I felt uh, even though she had the love and support of her kids, of my dad, of our extended family, of her friends, like she had such a a loving big community around her. I just felt how much pain she was in and how lonely she was during this time, you know, because no one else, besides a couple of her friends who had had breast cancer, like no one else was going through this, and and I just felt this deep, deep sense of oh my god, like she was so, so, so lonely, and I just kept saying I'm so sorry, you know, like I was just busying myself being strong for my siblings so that they didn't get upset for my dad and 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 she was too you know like i was almost crying for her because she felt like she had to be super strong she was like mowing the lawn with her cute little bald head and and you know really powering through and um i just i felt the healing of that time i felt you know i felt the the pain and the remorse and And just, like, where I could have, I mean, I don't want to, like, should all over myself, but, like, where I could have just, like, you know, understood better that she was so lonely and there's no way I could have at that age. And I know that, but it was, it was that. It was just, like, it was so intense. But um, after I cried, like, I felt so much better. And on the other side of that cry was my... Um, was my grandfather actually? I just I knew that he was there, and he he passed about nine years ago. But he was my mom's like biggest fan and best friend, and that was her dad. And I just knew, you know, he. I guess he told me, but I just it came in as a knowing that he had done a lot of her healing. So over the years, you know, he had played a major role in in healing her and of taking care of her and keeping her, you know, as healthy as possible. So yeah, and 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 then I was pulled I was pulled outside. It was such a gorgeous night. You could see the stars from Oh my god. It was the moment I stepped outside, I it quite literally took my breath away and I just knew I was like, oh my God, I am so taken care of. And I think I said that out loud. I was like walking on the grass feeling, I was like barefoot feeling the grass underneath my feet. And I got down on on the grass and I started to like roll around like a kid. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I am so taken care of. I've always been taken care of. Like, why would I ever doubt where my life is going? Like, I am so okay. Like, there's something so much bigger here. Like just seeing, you know, the cosmos and being a part of the cosmos in that moment, stepping outside and it's just so gigantic yet so small. And it was just so beautiful. And I, I looked up and I saw the stars moving. Like it was the craziest thing of my life. Like I actually saw things moving. I saw like rocket ships and shit. Um, I, I was not visited by aliens, unfortunately, but yeah, I, I I found myself in a hammock out there and I was just swinging back and forth, looking up at the stars and there was this beautiful tree above me and the branches had these like long flowy flowers and vines on it. And again, through a knowing the tree was talking to me and it was so beautiful it was like very quiet, but they're like if you, they're like if you're quiet enough, you'll hear what we have to say. I was like, okay, you know, I'm I'm listening, and so they started to dictate to me songs. So I was, I was listening and then singing. You know, I was I was singing songs that I had. They're not songs that you would know. They're not even out there yet. They were literally coming from the trees. And they were these beautiful. I hope they were beautiful because I was singing them out loud. I don't know who heard me, but they were these beautiful songs, and, and I just knew, you know, my connection to nature is a connection that feeds my creative spirit. You know, like I just knew that I was like, okay, yep, like this is where I find inspiration for new things, for for healing things, for for. Music for ideas for creative that is going to um, resonate with people and touch people, and it was just a really beautiful moment with the trees. And I realized that they just had so much wisdom. You know, like I felt like I felt like they were a friend that I could talk to them and talk to them about anything, ask them anything. And it was like you know, again, it's that feeling of like, oh my God, like I am not alone. Like everything's okay. You know, I don't have to seek advice from my therapist necessarily. Like I can go and talk to a tree. (laughs) And I know it sounds crazy and a little bit woo-woo and and far-fetched, but I am telling you that like nature has seen it all and you got to tap in you have to tap in. Um, Again, you know, nature is the ultimate uh, sacred grid that you can plug into. So quite literally hugging a tree, you know, um, laying in the grass, taking a hike, like just plugging in and being a part of that. Um, Because I think, you know, the more that we become a part of that, the closer we get and therefore the less likely we are to forget that we are so connected to it and the less likely we are to harm it you know to to pollute to waste to to just destroy nature you know so you know my prayer in that moment was like oh my god like everyone needs to be out in nature like if everyone understood just the love that mother earth has for us they would not destroy it. They would not be so careless. So yeah, I mean Mama Ayahuasca, Mother Earth, like there was just so much feminine energy that was healing me. It felt so good. And that brings me to the other feeling that was so comforting. I made my way back to my bed eventually. They want us to stay in the Maloka to keep the energy within that room so that the shamans can can, you know, control it. Once you get outside the room, they can't necessarily control it. Um, and they just want you to stay safe. And they'll do healings on people that are really going through it, that are purging, that are having a hard time. And so they want to be there for you. But I, I came back to to my bed and I just... I started like touching my body and not in a weird sexual way, but not weird, because hey, touch your body. But it was like, I was just comforting myself. Like I was fully comfortable touching my body and, and, and being like a mother to myself. And that was, that was the knowing that came through that like mothering myself is really, really important. It's really, really important. And, you know, I have, I think the best mother on the planet, angel from heaven. And I also have a mother who is a human being. You know, and so I think we all, no matter how wonderful our mothers are, deserve and need to mother ourselves, um, because you know there were probably times when our our mothers, like you know, just didn't know what to do, or that you know there were kind of gaps in the learnings as a mom, and how beautiful that is. But I, I really. I felt this intense need to mother myself in that way and take care of myself and nurture myself and nourish myself. And so I was just kind of like touching my body, my thighs. I was like touching my shoulders and my arms and just like loving on every body part because I I, I I would spend so much time like tearing myself apart, like oh my thighs touch, oh this, oh that, whatever, and oof in this moment, and I've carried it with me since, and it feels really good, and I hope I hope I can maintain it. It's just this intense love for my body, and appreciation, and and promise that I will always take care of you. I will always take care of you. I will always listen to you which was just such a beautiful thing to take away. And I like, when I was like touching my body, I started to like play with my hair and I was playing with my hair. Like when I was a kid, you know, I'd like kind of twist it and I'd braid it and I'd kind of play with it in a weird way. And I just felt like my, like my younger self. Like if I was like six or seven, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was so fun. It was so fucking fun. Like me playing with my hair, twisting my hair. And it was so simple and so fun. And I had this thought of why the heck don't I play with my hair like this anymore? What the heck? You're so busy and so adult and serious that you can't play with your hair like that anymore. Like, picture yourself as like a six year old and you'd like, literally like pick your nose, put the boogie in your hair and you're like twisting it and like making sure it wraps around. You know what I mean? Like just losing yourself in these playful moments, these simple playful moments. I I was like, whoa, I need this. I need this more and I need to do this more. And so yeah, night one was, was really um, enjoyable. My purging came in the form of yawning, crying, sighing uh singing and yawning if i didn't say that already and laughing so yeah i didn't i didn't purge and i didn't shit so there's that um night 2 um and and by the way you know throughout after ceremony before ceremony during the day there are workshops there are sessions there are practices uh, you know just full on 360 support for you so that you are understanding what is going on, so that you can integrate what has happened the night before. I cannot say enough about the shamans, about the teachers, about Jerry. I I was in awe, you know, because it is a really intense experience and for someone to not be supported throughout these four nights would be fucking insane. And they do it so, so well. And it helped to process, you know, um, so I can't say enough about that. All right. On to night two, uh, night two, um, I started to feel things much sooner. So I went up for my, my first drink. And by the way, on night one, I had two drinks. Yeah, I had two drinks. Night two, I also had two drinks, so they call you up for a second drink, and if you can hear it, not necessarily if you want it, but if you can hear it, you should go up for it. Think or drink, don't think is is the policy. And you know, shortly after I took them the uh, medicine, I um I started to see fractals on things, so really like neon shapes on on uh, the trees outside on you know, the tables around the medicine and, and again, had never seen this before. And I was like, oh, cool. Like Rhythmia, you know, this looks like Coachella at night, you know, this is pretty cool. And I realized I was uh, seeing things. So it was beautiful. It was truly beautiful. And my first vision, um, this night, uh, came, came after, um, a bit of time listening to the chorus of 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 pain and healing um, around me, and it was really intense. I wasn't feeling anything for quite a bit. I saw things, I saw the fractals, and I saw the neon. But besides that, I was just kind of like, okay, like uh, nothing's happening here, nothing's coming up. And so, it was really hard not to leave the room. There was a lot of crying. There was a lot of vomiting. There was a lot of screaming and moaning and so you just kind of want to leave and I realized I was like oh okay like we were told you know and it's true that like you know when you hear those things and see those things and experience those things what is coming up is leaving so you know if I were to think about my bedmate next to me and he's purging and just going through it to calm myself and to send him some love I would just think oh what's coming up for him is leaving like he is healing You know, I said I, I calmed myself, but I also got to thinking I was like, oh, wow, like where else am I intolerant of other people's healing? You know, like where else am I intolerant of other people's healing? And that has showed up in relationships before where, you know, I, I found it to be uncomfortable when someone I was dating, you know, had to do a lot of work, you know, and uh, that was just something interesting for me to to look at. One of my first visions on night two was I saw myself at home doing my daily rituals um, morning and night. And I was just being myself and I was indulging in things I indulge in. So whether it's like, you know, watching some Netflix and eating my dinner on the floor, stretching or dancing, you know, in my underwear, whatever it is. And I just, I I started crying again. And I was like, my knowing was like, this is so important. This is so important. This is so important. Do you know how important this is? This is so sacred. Do you know how sacred this is? Like never, ever lose this, no matter where you are, how old you are, who you're with, like never, ever, ever lose this. This is so sacred that you create these rituals for yourself. So that was just such a beautiful moment because you I know, I, I sometimes forget how special they are and I just do them. But uh, it was a great reminder for me that it the energetics around ritual are are those that are infused into anything and everything I do and all that is coming to me. And on night two, uh, we had the privilege of having a, a ladies' night, two female shamans from Germany, and they were uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable un freaking believable. Like I don't even I can't even begin to tell you. They were magic and wild and and when they were singing, which is the most beautiful music I've ever heard in my life, I started to hum. So I was almost like mimicking and harmonizing with their sounds and notes. And I was being tuned. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? I just knew I was like, I was I'm being tuned. And I would use kind of like my hands and my arms and like to tune my voice, my body, my energy with their sounds. Oh, and it felt so good. It felt so good. You know, and it reminded me and I sing. I'm sure a lot of you know that, but I I love to sing. And I realized just how important singing is for me in my healing in my life. You know, I'm not out here trying to be the next Ariana Grande and like sell a billion records, right? Like I'm singing for me is part of how I I stay alive, right? And so it was just such a powerful, powerful moment to realize that that is not only something I love to do and I'm good at, that it is part of how I will heal myself throughout my life. So many, many moments in night two. The next one was I was being born. So I, all of a sudden this wave of, of crazy intense, like it was a cry and a laugh and, a, and a big fat fucking smile all at once. And I was like being born. My face was coming out of my mother's vagina. So imagine like your face being stretched like through the vagina <laughs> And um I was being born y'all like it was the wildest wackiest thing. I was like, "Okay, I'm being born." Like, what's here, you know? And I just I saw my parents. You know, I saw them in this this moment in time that they were just so happy and proud. And I was the first. So, you know, it was just a really beautiful Moment that I, for some reason, needed to see. I, I I haven't really understood fully why I had that memory pop up, and you know the, the intense joy of it. But it was beautiful, you know. I think, and I think that's okay to just kind of get that simple truth from it—that it was so beautiful the day I was born, and I'm gonna cry thinking about it. That sounds so weird, but like, you know, we we weren't, we don't remember that. Right. So like to bear witness to that moment and to remember that, like that moment was such a joyful moment for, for my parents and my parents who have seen me every, almost every moment of my life, right. Up until a certain age and just have been with me throughout and such a support. And I, yeah, I just, I was overwhelmed with, with intense, intense joy um. Yeah. Night two was beautiful. That sacred grid popped up again. Um, and this time it popped up and it just reminded me, you know, with Almost 30 that we are creating a sacred grid. So at our events, you know, that Kristen and I need to plug into this sacred grid first and then facilitate others to plug in to the event, to the moment, to the experience. Um. And I just realized the power of our presence. You know, I think sometimes we get tripped up in in thinking uh, that we, collective we, have to fill space with words and what we know. and 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 I just realized the knowing in that moment was like, we can hold space. And I'm talking to all of you too. Like we, women, can hold space with less words. Just so you know. Um, just so long as you are plugged into the sacred grid, you can hold that goddamn space. <sighs> okay, um, and I, I should mention that night two. You know, I I did have all of these beautiful moments, uh, but night two and three, I was really really sick. Um, so I did not vomit. I did not shit. <laughs> um, but it's as if I had the worst flu. Ever. Worst flu ever. So, like, body aches. I was the pressure in my head was some of the most intense pressure I've ever felt in my life. And what I realized too was that, like, my mind was running. So, when I would close my eyes um, on the medicine, I would see, like, this crazy, like, you know, lit up computer chip. And it was just going at like a billion miles per hour. And I just saw, I was like, oh my God, that is my mind. That is my mind going, you know? So realizing how, how fast and crazy my mind can run sometimes and how it can run out of reality so quickly. And it almost, it like made me sick. It like dizzied me. Um, and it was just, I think, magnified on the medicine to show me that. Yeah. So I, I, I was really, really ill and I could barely move. I could barely move. So, you know, when I, when I could barely move, I was witnessing a lot of, of healing around me. Um, so I'll bring it back. Dieter found his way to me again. And, you know, I saw him, he was sitting up on his knees, sitting up nice and tall. And hugging himself and kissing his arms and like swimming through the air and like moving his head like a little parrot and I just saw this intense joy. I, I assumed that he was like literally a kid again and he was just feeling so much joy. And as sick as I felt, as oh I was in so much pain and couldn't move, I started to laugh. Like I like I could muster out like a little laugh and I was like, oh my god. Like, it was making me feel better in that moment, you know, and I just, I realized that, you know, witnessing and being a part of someone's healing could really facilitate my own. So that was super, super powerful. And at one point, you know, this, this sick feeling turned into a paralyzed um, experience. And um, what I knew in that moment, it was so quick. I, I don't know how this came to me. But um, I was trapped in my body and I knew that I was in, um, the body of someone that I, um, that went to my college, um, and he developed ALS. You know, he is an incredible human being who has been, you know, at the forefront of fighting for a cure for ALS. And, uh, as his, you know, condition has deteriorated his body and quality of life, but, you know, his spirit is so strong and, I was in his body. Hopefully, you know this doesn't come off strange or um, disrespectful because I just realized, um, you know, that hit that. At least at one point, you know, his mind was just so there. It was so there. You know, I was, I was scared. I could, I, I literally could only move like the tip of my finger, and I just felt in that moment so much compassion and love for him, and, you know. I guess I came out of that feeling just a lot of love and appreciation for my body again. You know The fact that I have a a, a healthy and able body um, in this life right now. And am I living to the fullest in this moment um, with this healthy, able body? Am I depriving myself in any way that deprives my body of like the joy it wants to feel, the food it wants to eat, the experiences it wants to experience? You know, I just, I kind of went there. I definitely went there with that. Yeah, it was it was it was really powerful. It was really powerful. So yeah, that that night um you know, again I was I was just feeling super super sick and um at one point there was this beautiful music. Oh my god, it um Pia is her name. She was the shaman and she was singing and it it felt like and any of you that have ever taken mushrooms might know this. It's like the sounds have shapes and colors and it's just the most wild thing and when she was singing, I like her voice was the raindrop that was dripping from leaf to leaf to vine to tree to frog head to leaf, you know, it was just dancing in the forest it was just so beautiful and it conjured something within me where I just started to like laugh and cry again. But I was I was laughing because I saw it brought up this image of me as like a, a four-year-old and oh my God, she's so funny. She She was like peeking over her shoulder and looking back at me and making this funny face and then giggling and turning away and then looking back and like making a funny face and then I started to mimic her. So I was I was like mimicking her face and it felt so good to mimic her face. Like just like it felt good to like twist my hair and do all that stuff like to mimic her face and be silly and like laugh and like just kind of follow how I was feeling and expressing it as I was feeling it. Ugh, it felt so good and I know it's so simple but like ooh, she just like she just expressed what she felt, you know, like you know, little kids. That's what they do, and they giggle, and they're crying the next moment, and then they're like making a weird face, and then they're over it, and then you know, like it just felt so good. And 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 what I really took away from that moment, I I just loved her so much. I loved her so so much, and I knew like every decision that I was going to make from that moment on. I was going to check in with her, you know, like she's still inside of me. She is me. Like, and I wanted to make sure that every decision I made, anyone I surrounded myself with, anything I put into my body, any experiences, anything I put on TV, I'm like, is this good for you? Is this good for your heart? This is this good for your soul? Like, you know, just really checking in with that, that little me, you know, um, especially, oof, hey, y'all, especially when it comes to relationships, you know what I mean? Like, would you let her, you know, uh, be talked to in a way that's just res- respectful by someone that you're dating or, or, you know, tolerate bad behavior in any way? Like, no. So it was a really, a really good reminder. So yeah, I, uh, I had a really subtle, relatively gentle, but powerful experience during my nights, uh, of ceremony and night four, um, which is the, uh, apparently the most strong night, uh, you know, in terms of the bruise, um, and the most intense, I only took one cup. I was, to be completely honest, I was a little scared. So I, I, I just, I was like, I just want one cup. So my heart says, so, Hey everybody. I actually did ask mother ayahuasca. I was like, should I have cup number two? And she was like, no, you're okay. And yeah, it was it was it was really gentle again. And I I was singing a lot again and and I was going outside and this night was all night, so 7:30 to sunrise. And I just felt a deep deep sense of peace and so I allowed myself to kind of wander. I went outside and I I did hand puppets against the wall. They were actually amazing. Like, I think I'm very good at hand puppets now. And I slept outside. You know, I really, I just felt like I was one. One with the universe, one with nature, like one with this moment. And I just felt so taken care of. Yeah, it was just, it was really, truly beautiful. And I feel... So lucky to experience this. I feel so lucky lucky to have witnessed a lot of healing done around me. You know, even ask after our last night that day, if if people were up for it, you know, you can go to the beach, you could do whatever you want. So a group of us went went surfing. And holy hell, you know, to be in the ocean after four nights of ayahuasca, uh Was uh, I don't know it. It was the ultimate integration for me. You have to be so present when you're surfing, and the ocean is so powerful, you know. And you do have to kind of surrender in a way. But my friend Jim, who's been losing his eyesight since he was five, he's one of the funniest, smartest guys I've met. He's from Chicago. He's just a goddamn angel and uh, he came surfing with us and you know we made sure you know the surfing instructor was with Jim and I swear to you Jim was the best surfer out of the whole group of 15 of us like it was so intuitive for him you know he's he's legally blind like and I go up to him I'm like Jim this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, what? How are you the best surfer of this entire day, my man? And he goes without even hesitating, jujitsu, <laughs> jujitsu, baby. Oh man, it was it was just so powerful. He had experienced so much healing to feel the joy, to see the transformation in in these people that you had you know really gotten to know over over a week's time, you know, at breakfasts, in between workshops, um, even on the plane ride here, you know, we spoke to a few people who were going to arrhythmia, um, some who were, there was one woman who was agoraphobic for 10 years. She had just lost her husband. She was terrified to fly. Like she, you know, self-medicated with weed and alcohol and, and, you know, it was just really depressed. And, I swear to you, on the other side of this thing, she was a completely, completely different person. Um, no fear of flying, first and foremost, but um, she she had this just joy and childlike wonder about her that was, oh, I'll never forget it. I will truly never forget it. You know, it is never too late to heal. It is never too late to feel and find new joys in your life. I just found so much hope and love in, in watching people who, you know, had spent more than a life, my lifetime, you know, more than 30 years dealing with pain and trauma and addiction and depression and anxiety. And and, and they changed, you know, they, they were reprogrammed, they were healed. And I just thank God that I was able... To um, witness that. I'm sure I missed a million things, but we've been talking for a while and I just, I love you guys so much. And, you know, I, again, was was really nervous about the judgment around this experience. And so um, thank you all for being so open-hearted around this topic. Obviously, like, you know, it's not for everyone. And for us, we just, we want to offer you insight and experiences that, you know, could be helpful. And, but we always encourage you to trust your gut, follow your heart, like, you know yourself and your body best. And so, yeah, I just am proud to have have done this and to share this with you. And what they say is that the healing and the integration and the realizations happens for months Know, weeks, months, if not years after uh, your experience with ayahuasca. And it's been true. So I've committed to really um, doing yoga more. So I'm practicing yoga f- at least four days a week. That's really helped me to integrate. I know people say it they're like meditation, yoga, meditation, yoga. Yeah, do it. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I totally get it. And I don't even know what to ex- say about it. I get it. And then being in nature... I mean, I am committing to a couple of days a week, getting outside, really outside, like going on a hike, like really committing to an hour or two. And I'm excited for summer to be in the ocean more. There's just something to being a part of something so much bigger than you, but feeling so loved and supported and taken care of at the same moment by this bigger thing and so I just encourage you and encourage you to just like go there. You know, with all this woo woo shit. Yes, I know. If you were to tell your coworkers, your parents, like your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever, it would sound crazy maybe, and that might be anxiety inducing. But if you feel it in your heart, I need you to go for it and to fully immerse yourself in things that might, you know, in the mainstream sound a little ooh, ooh, but this is a part of your healing and your willingness to go there is is the point. Like the energy around just like saying, yeah, let's do it. It's like that kid inside of you. Like, yep, yeah, let's do it. You know, like go there. You know, don't don't half-ass it. We fully support you. You know that. And we have a community in Almost 30 that fully supports you. You know, if weird stuff works for you, do it. Proudly. If weird stuff works for you, do it. okay. I love y'all so much. Make sure you cry this week. Make sure you laugh. Make sure you touch and thank your body. Make sure you move. Make sure you get out in nature. Make sure you nourish your body. Don't restrict. Make sure you sigh. Make sure you uh, purge in some way. Yawn, laugh, uh, sing. Even if you're not a good singer, who cares, y'all? Like Move your body in a way that is grounding and... Um, Cathartic, you know you deserve all of these things. So go forth. I love you all so much. Thanks for listening. I hope you got something out of this episode. And if you did, uh, share it with your friends. Um, if you did, message me on Instagram at Lindsay Simsic. That's S I M C I K. I answer all of me my DMs. Um, it's me. Someone the other day was like, even if this isn't you, <laughs> I was like, it's me. I'm not that important. I answer my own DMs. (laughs) Um, But I want to connect with you. So any questions or comments, please send them my way. And also last thing, I had some books recommended to me while I was at Rhythmia. They are Journey of Souls, Your Body Keeps the Score, and Daily Love. So check those books out. I am going to order them right now. I love you. I love you. Thank you for all of your support. You mean the world to us. And... I'll see you soon, fam. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Mother. Shout out to Mother Ayahuasca. Shout out to Mother Ayahuasca. (laughs) Shout
1: out to Rhythmia. You can go to our website again to find the link to uh, go to Rhythmia. And if you want to ask us any questions, just DM us or join the secret Facebook group. We're not sharing these to promote any sort of lifestyle or any sort of decision. Yeah. Just sharing truly what is our experience in life and a healing modality that can be
0: explored if you so wish it to be. Mm-hmm. All right. All right review of the week. Life changing doesn't begin to cover it. Five stars. I attribute a lot of my life altering decisions to the confidence and self-love I found through listening to this podcast. Over the past year, I've gone full time in my business, started leading healing workshops in New York City and met amazing local women who are now close friends. The transition of 20s to 30s isn't easy, but Krista and Lindsay have truly made myself and other women feel like any and everything we're going through is normal. The guests that are on this podcast have opened my eyes to so much and have helped me on my own healing journey as I assist other women through theirs. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do. That's from Jolie. Jolie. Thank you.
1: Oh, thank you, honey. That in. Appreciate that so much. You guys are such an important part of our community and our life. Um, and that's what makes Almost 30 different is the community that we have around us, Almost 30 Nation, through our ambassador program, through the meetups you guys are hosting all over the world through our connections made on tour, even online in the Facebook group or online on Instagram, it means a lot. So thank you for taking just a few minutes
0: to write a review for us. Mm-hmm. Lindsay and I um, really appreciate it. Yeah. And on tour this year, if you're able to make it, obviously you're, we always encourage people to come alone. Don't feel like you have to come with people to be able to go to an event like this. But if you do feel like someone could use community, community, laughs, maybe some deeper conversation, inspiration. Um, we definitely recommend inviting them. Just, you know, yeah, pass it along to them. We'd love to see that. The tour is really um, a special time. We we don't take it lightly that you buy the tickets, make the time. And it's our favorite part of what we do with you all. So
1: yeah, we we'll love you there. so much. We will see you next time. Almost 30 Podcasts on Instagram, almost30podcast.com. And then check out our tour dates there. You can buy tickets on the Conscious City Guide page, which is on our website. And your podcast pro if you want to start a podcast. Woo! Love you. Bye. Bye.